guys. Uh, I've been sitting here thinking for a few minutes that, as you know, my podcast is about fundamentally changing your life. In the past seven weeks, I've made a lot of changes in terms of meeting goals and, and uh, going after the dreams that I've always had. But something that I've noticed is that every time I get to make a significant change, I'm excited. And five, 10 minutes later, my energy level goes down and my mind becomes very foggy. And it appears to be getting worse and worse it seems like the past two months. I'm trying to figure out what it is. And I just got a, a profound state, uh, comment from my next guest, which uh, she stated that, you know, when you feel physically better, you become mentally better. And that clicked. I'm like, that's what it is. Hi, my name is Sam Lloyd, and I'm the host of the Red Chair Life podcast. And my next guest is going to discuss that very topic in addition to discussing her uh, life experiences. And the bottom line is she needs to help me because I have not worked out in over eight or nine months. So Rebecca Vasquez, welcome to the Red Chair Life podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Sam. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been, uh, first and foremost, I definitely want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule because I know you're busy. Why? Folks, she's a life coach. <laughs> she has no <laughs> life. Her life is busy. <laughs> so uh, really, uh, I want to thank you for, your, for taking the time. And uh, uh, first and foremost, I want to ask, there's got to be some kind of shortcut method of getting back into shape. Drugs, uh, drinking or something. Please, you got to help me out. <laughs> There's, there's no shortcut method, Sam. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of it is up in your head. Uh, yes, it is. It's all in my head. And that's the biggest battle that I'm having is, 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 is Sam. Is Sam doing this, this entire thing. But anyway, enough about me. I'm going to talk about you here. Um, <laughs> uh, we're we're, we're going to get back into the fact that you're a life coach now. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. Now, currently, you're living in uh, Houston, correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. And uh, you've been, uh, I assume you've been living here how long? Um, pretty much all my life. I've been in and out. I've escaped a few times. And Oh, escaped. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to where? <laughs> um, I've, uh, the, fun, the funnest place I ever escaped to was Hawaii. Oh, that'd been awesome. Yeah. That just, nice. I've been there a few times and I uh, plan to go back there again. Very, very nice. Yes. That's definitely but, a good plan. Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. Um, one of the things that I that uh, that struck me, um, I had asked a few questions, and uh, you had a moment in your early childhood, which I'm still trying to figure out, where where uh, you stated that you were very, very shy, and you felt you were ugly in early childhood. And folks, were since you can't see, that is not the case. Now, Rebecca <laughs> is the most uh, vivacious, rambunk. I mean, she's like the life of the party. Aw, <laughs> so, thanks. <laughs> can you please expand on, on the early childhood, you know, how that came about and, and, and you the person today? Because I can't see that ever being in your, you know, background okay, here. <laughs> well, um, when we moved around a lot as I was a kid, so... I didn't really get to establish a lifetime of friendships with people the way most people do when they, you know, go to middle school or elementary school with people and then they stay with them through high school. And that wasn't me. And I moved around and it, I guess it kind of left me a little insecure when I try to go to a new school. You remember how you just, when you start school for the first time, it's kind of intimidating. Oh I yes. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> so I'm just like this and well, I just curled in upon myself. Okay. And, um, so when 
we went when I was in like like fourth grade or something. Literally, people would, you know, they figured out that I was an easy target. They would push me around and they would, you know, beat up on me and and just because and I wouldn't fight back because my mother told me, ladies, don't fight. No. Yes. You not fight back? No, I, I can't did do not that. Fight back. <laughs> No, no, me now of all people. No, yeah, it's a no. <laughs> the complete opposite. Such a different person today. <laughs> Don't say anything wrong to her because you know she yes, changes. Yes, I behave myself nicely though. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was difficult, but um, when I moved, when we were, and listen, you know where the Woodlands is, right? Yes. That's where I grew up in those times. So okay. we went from Middle Houston out into the that that area out there and it was a nice area but and but people had a lot of money okay okay i didn't really okay so you know how they call it on the other side of the tracks yes we were like right on that invisible railroad track that didn't exist but they knew (laughs) that if over here was the woodlands and over here the other neighborhoods oh i I understand i understand you know (laughs) yeah and that's where we lived and i didn't know I didn't okay. know, and I knew I didn't have as much money as everybody else, but I didn't know that we didn't have any money, much less we were being foreclosed on. Right. Oh, foreclosed <laughs> on, we, really? Yeah. My, my, my parents were losing their home, and, and we, so we moved, but before they lost their home, my dad was very resourceful. Yeah. Before we lost the house, he went to the bank and got a personal signature loan, which he did pay, yeah. but he went and got that, because back then you could do that. Yeah, right, yeah. To East Texas... And they borrowed a little bit of money from my grandmother and they bought a house, paid for it, remodeled it. And it was just a really simple little country house. But, and Sam, everybody there loved me. They thought I was pretty. They thought I was nice. They all wanted to be my friend. And it was just life-changing. Wow. Away from the, the different people. I mean, country yeah. are just different. You, you um, hit a profound point because uh, um, I'm going to put this on YouTube, but I did a really stupid stunt at a gas station, and that was a point that I that, that I had had uh, discussed. Is that my observation is that once you get out of that environment, people's lives just completely change, you know. Yes. And 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 you're a prime example. The fact you know from there, and all of a sudden, you're just like a total total to, uh, totally new person. So yeah, that that's 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 a, that's awesome. So um, <laughs> after that, um, what? Um, so you 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 stayed there, and then what happened? Um, your your dad uh, continued working, or what, what? What was he? He was working. He tried to be an air conditioner repairman. Okay. And in that little bitty town of eight hundred, that just wasn't gonna fly. And even if he went to the neighboring towns, it wasn't gonna work. It just wasn't enough money. So he had to go back into construction. Okay. Which meant he had to go back to Houston. But he ended up in like five hours away instead of three hours away and went to Bay City, which was a little beach town on the, not beach, oh, like a bay. Off the side. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So it was way, way down south. And, you know, I was able to go there and, and, and believe it or not, they, uh, we were visiting one summer and I said, can we live here? And my mom's like, uh, no, we have no place to live here. We have a house up in East Texas. And she's yeah. like, I said, but I want to live here. And she said, you'll have to live in the little trailer. I mean, we're talking little little trailer like my my bed was the, yeah. the, the the couch up front and no come on really twin beds for the middle there was a little kitchen and um a bathroom and a shower and that was it and the, my parents had to sleep in the twin beds and, and i wanted to live there talk about spoiled right and you had two brothers too living in the yes, but they were like 
14 and 11 when I was born. So they'd already okay, built. Okay, okay, okay. I was going to say, say yeah. that had been, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I sacrificed to live in this trailer because I wanted to be at the, be at the beach. Beach. I love the beach and being barefoot. Yeah, people do not understand that. You know, uh, the few times that, you know, the few times when I do go out to the beach, you know, even now I'd, I'd give up all this just to be have a little small small bungalow at a beach, yes. you know, just enjoying life. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Oh goodness, goodness! Now the one thing um, you were telling me uh, you you had written written earlier on was that uh, there was a sad moment in your in, in your life where your uh, dad uh, passed away. Can you explain what happened? Yeah, I we were all I was going to school out there in mm -hmm. the little South Texas town there, and I got a phone call in April from school, and they said you need to go pick up your dad. He's coughing up blood. He's at the house. I'm like, what? This is dead. I mean, my dad doesn't get sick. What are you talking about? So I went and picked him up, and yeah. he he's like, yeah, you need to take me to the hospital. And I'm like, what's wrong? He says, well. Um, I don't know what we need to go find out. Yeah. The only symptom he had was a urinary tract infection and a um, night sweats. He was having night sweats at the time. So they thought it was tuberculosis at first. But in, and this is how crazy this was. Instead of me just driving him straight to Houston, and right. it was a three-hour drive, but he, he decided, he said, he said, stop at the, the store and get me a six-pack of beer. And I'm like, um, true man. you're yeah. sick, you're throwing up blood, and you want me to get you a six-pack of beer? Goes, I said, no. He said, pull over. And so we had to. Well, you know, he had to go get it. I was yeah. so um, and and but it made him feel better. That was like his medicine. Wow. And two weeks prior to that, he had told me, now he drank quite a bit in the yeah. evenings when he came home. Yeah. He got up at four o'clock in the morning, went to work, just like yeah. he was supposed to. But he drank quite a bit to where he would fall asleep. And one day while he was drinking, he was on the couch kind of going to sleep. And he goes, you know, Becky, the only reason I'm alive right now is because you still need me. Remember I said two years prior. Okay. And then he said, and then when we found out that he actually had cancer, yeah. they said it was a two-year-old tumor. You have got, no, no. That man knew he was sick two years prior. He knew he didn't feel good. And that's why he was self-medicating with the alcohol. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. That is, <laughs> that's something that uh, in, in terms of uh, things happen for a reason, but things like this, it's wow, yeah. wow, wow. But at least I got to spend extra time with him through the summer and that year because it was April and by August, which was what, four months? Yeah. Yeah. By August, he, he was already gone. They couldn't, they couldn't fix it. So, yeah. So it was a like crazy. Wow. So uh, based on, based on that experience, I mean, uh, um, uh, what, what did that do in terms of um, you going, you know, going to school and all that stuff? Did it change your focus in terms of what you wanted to do or A hundred percent. Except for when I was in high school, I was in my senior year and they had cosmetology that year. Yeah. You were supposed to take it in your junior and senior year. They had allowed me to take it in my senior year if I promised that I would finish it once I got out because it was one of those vocational courses. Oh, okay, okay. And so I had to promise that I would do that and I did. I finished that. That was the plan for me. To, I was going to be a hairdresser and be a stay-at-home wife. Mm -hmm. And I was going to have kids and take care of them. But during the day while they were at school, right. I was going to 
I was going to be a hairdresser. My dad was going to build my shop for me there in that little bitty East Texas town. Okay. He was going to build me a shop and I was going to get married and have kids and be a wife and okay. cook and that kind of, I had plans. They didn't include him dying though. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> but yeah, but that all changed. I finished cosmetology school, but then I went to Houston and turned into a wild child. <laughs> <laughs> As we all did. I did too when yes. I came down here. <laughs> yeah. Houston has that something. It, it, it's the water, so, I think. <laughs> yes. It's got to be. <laughs> So from um, cosmetology school, uh, I think you had mentioned that you, uh, after that, you went to the uh, surgical technology. Um, what was that experience like? Yeah, that was, that was really interesting because uh, I had been in the salon all my life, yes. um, whether it was cosmetology, nails, hair, makeup, um, face, and also did massage therapy. Always worked with women. Yeah. Never had a problem with them. People always say, oh, women are so hard to work with, you know? Yes. Well, uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> we are, we are, we're mean. Okay, but, <laughs> but as like together, I've never had a problem with anyone. Yeah. And when I got into the surgery world, oh my gosh, those nurses are like raptors and surg other surgical techs. Anyone in the business, if you're not like 100% on point, and I wasn't, I wasn't, I was learning my, yeah. I have a little bit of a learning disability. Yeah. So I was learning a little bit, slower like I had to really find how to make sure I did everything perfect and in surgery okay. you can't do anything wrong okay. you can't you have to have supplies you have right. to have yeah. all your stuff together yeah. if I missed anything oh yeah. they would just eat me for lunch they really would it, it was terrible that yeah. is the um, it sounds weird but you're the third person that has been in that profession that told me the exact same all women told me the exact uh -huh. same thing too and I'm just like is it, what is it the the fumes from the uh, anesthesia what is it but uh, it's, it's real weird is, is it it's power yes it, it's been consistent what you just stated was the exact same words i mean it was just like good lord you know why mm -hmm. would you want to be in that environment so what's uh, funny now is that um the nurses that used to give me such a hard time now that because back then i was a surgical tech right i'm a surgical assistant which is just like a step above but um but it's funny because i the, the nurses are all like, oh, hi, Rebecca, we're so glad you're here. And I'm like, you don't remember me, do you? I mean, they remember me, but they, they don't remember, they don't realize that I remember them. And I'm just wow. like, mm -hmm. that, that's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, I, I, I just, uh, it must be, I mean, just based on hearing the story and your third confirmation, that must be kind of the general environment it is. <laughs> across the <It's> board. Crazy. <laughs> So tell me, um, um, from there, um, I'm really curious how you got the transition from there and now what you're doing as a life coach. I mean, if, where did the, how did you get into from, from being that to be, becoming a life coach? Well, when I first started getting interested in it, I was doing surgery and I was working at a plastic surgeon's office and I noticed a real need for something and I wasn't sure what it was. So I took mm -hmm. a training class just to get that to say I done it. And I learned a whole lot about exercise and nutrition and I did mm -hmm. some nutritional counseling and some of the patients. But um, the problem was, is that motivation and drive was a, an issue. You know, you could tell somebody all day yeah. long what to do, right. but getting them to actually do it was totally different. So, uh, and I, I got to experience that on my own after going through, um, job, getting fired from a job, uh, postpartum depression, uh, all kinds of things that I went through. 
I, okay, you, you got fired from a job. What was got, what, Yes. How'd that happen? <laughs> that was one of the plastic surgery job. I got fired from <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. That was my second job in, in surgery. And I got fired from that because they, um, they, I'd gotten pregnant. Yeah. And they had never had a pregnant surgical tech before. And they didn't know how to deal with me. And I told them months and months and months before I, you know, was about yeah. to give birth. I said, hey, you know, we need to train somebody to do yeah. what I do. Yeah. I, we close skin. We do everything. Yeah. So, and they didn't. So this was in August. And in February or in January, I went on bed rest. And they didn't think I was coming back. Well, had the baby in February. Yeah. And when I did come back, they didn't give me the same position. They had me on some like janitorial oh duty. God. Someone follow me around everywhere to make sure that, to find, write down every little mistake I made so that they could have a, 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 a you know, Texas is one of those at, at will work states. You can fire somebody for nothing, but they wanted documentation. Oh, they so got well, it. <laughs> well, this is going to be a, 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 a career, a career advice for women. <laughs> you know, it might not be a good idea to get into the surgical <laughs> medical industry. If you're a woman <laughs> or toughen your skin up, like you know, Iron Man or oh something. Oh my God. That is crazy. <laughs> I mean, they gotta have like a reality show about that. that oh, no. <laughs> It would be crazy. Uh, so, so from there, um, and then from that transition, uh, you, you were telling me that you, you started, you know, learning and you saw the need, but how, how did you make that transition where you went into actually being a life coach? Okay. Well, about 2015, maybe around there, I had gotten involved with, uh, some fitness groups and, mm -hmm. and people that were doing that stuff. I had been, I've been involved in that since about 99 because I did my first bodybuilding competition back then. A bodybuilding. Oh, I didn't know you were in bodybuilding. Wow. I okay. did, well, it was a fitness competition. Okay. 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 So it was more like, um, um, getting in shape and, and getting in the best body that you could be in. I didn't want to be like all muscular and look. Yeah, but you, you, you still have to be in shape. I mean, uh, I've seen, uh, several of the, the fitness competition. It's no joke. I mean, it's yeah. not where you work out one hour a week. No, you spend no. hours and well, hours. Actually I didn't. You really? No, no. come on, Rebecca. No, no way. That's, that's, I mean, bodybuilding. Yes. And depending on what your goals are. Yeah. yeah. But what I had done, and now this is going to sound insane to people who are yeah. heavier than I was, right. but I took before pictures and those before pictures showed like from the, the pic, my husband took the picture from yeah. behind, of course, yeah. and in front, but the, yeah. I had no idea what it looked like from behind. I had these rolls on my back <laughs> that I didn't even know I had. And Sam, I was only 121 pounds of fat though. Okay. Doesn't, no, 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 wait, no. It's not big. No, 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 I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm only five, three. I know, but I'm trying to, no, there's no, no, no. <laughs> and so I had this weight on me and, but it, the distribution between weight and muscle. Yeah. So drastic. So I converted that in 12 weeks from 121 pounds of loose fat or just basically fat mm. to 113. That's eight pound difference. Okay. Right. 113 pounds of nothing but muscle. Now you could see the before you couldn't yeah. see my, where my spine was. And now you could see the V in my spine. You could see the muscles down my spine. You could see my collarbones. You could see the cuts in my legs. You could see my arms. They were totally, you know, muscled out and everything. And that was only an eight pound difference. Now, how, how long did this take? Fat, 12 weeks. Come on. No. 12 weeks. Yep. 
I mean, I used to work out uh, pretty actively, you know, in 12 weeks, yes. having that kind of transformation, that's, that's literally now, like working hours. The eating was the key. Oh, is it? okay, okay. Yeah, the eating okay. was the key. I, I cut out all carbs, um, except for like maybe the first four weeks, I think I still had like maybe a handful of rice if I was going to eat any rice. Okay. And, but then after that, I cut all the rice out, all the pasta, all potatoes, and I just went with vegetables and meat. Well, <laughs> you got me motivated then. Um, as, <laughs> as, as, as long as I don't have to cut out the beer, the rice, the chips. Oh, yeah. Let, yeah, steak, that, that's, yeah that's, 12 yeah. weeks, all right? No alcohol. <laughs> no chips and salsa. <laughs> I'm ruining incredible. your world. Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of haters out there. Uh, uh, I guess, fortunately or unfortunately, I have the opposite problem. You know, when I get, uh, you know, depressed, sad or whatever, I lose weight. So like right now from eight months ago, I've lost about 20 pounds of muscle mass because I, I quit working out. And it is this weird thing. And, and I'm sure, you know, when I get to 50 or, you know, if I'm uh, less than a year away, <laughs> it'll be the opposite. But uh, that that's the uh, that's the main problem that I have right now, and I'm going to get a lot of email messages like, you know what, I hate you, I hate you. <laughs> but you have good genetics. Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's definitely. Yes. Yes. So, um, so, so, uh, you, 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 you got into the uh, fitness competition, and from there, how did that the the transition of actually helping people? Well, I just, I mean, but that was 99. We had no Facebook. We had none of that stuff that I uh, like a platform for me to shout it from the rooftops anywhere. And we were so happy back then. I know, right? <laughs> yes. but I, I wish I could have shared this discovery with everyone, how that it not only changed my body, but it right. changed my mind. So I, I've had such a confidence level, not because of, oh, I looked better, but I felt so much better. I felt like I accomplished something and right. I did it. And I wanted everybody to know. But I also didn't have a plan for after those 12 weeks. Okay. So after those 12 weeks, I kind of slowly put it all back on. Not all of it, but okay. and it was very, very disheartening to have that happen. And then, um, like I said, after going to a different school, uh, getting a different job, getting fired from that job, learning how humans were. And, <laughs> um, and then with the, with the thing with the, having the baby, the second baby right. and the postpartum depression, that one we got under control with medication. Okay. But the subsequent, the not subsequent, but the other, the depression that had already kind of started a little bit with knowing that I wasn't where I wanted to be physically. My body wasn't where it was, where I wanted it to be. Yeah. And I had all this knowledge in my head. I was a personal trainer. I was a massage therapist. I mean, I had holistic knowledge. Right. I had medical knowledge, had all this stuff, but I couldn't make myself get back to the where I had done when I did this bodybuilding thing. Right. So, and so what, what, what was, I mean, uh, did the, uh, was there something in, the, uh, in, in terms of the, this, the, the, this depression like happened like suddenly or gradually or what, what, what was, oh, it was very gradual, yeah. it was really? very gradual okay. because after starting when I was a massage therapist and in the salons and all that, I was like number one at what I did. Yeah. I was amazing. Oh I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I helped people and I, and I, I was big time successful. Yeah. And, and, you know, people came to me, you know, for things. Now going into this other job, I was a newbie mm -hmm. and I didn't know as much about it. And, you know, and then it kind of knocks you down. It starts like chipping away at you okay. and, and getting fired. I'd never been fired from a job yeah. before. <laughs> and that chips away at you. Then yeah. with having babies and uh, other, a lot of other things that were going on and stuff, it was, I wasn't a real natural mother. I wasn't one of those people who um, took to it like, 
a lot of people are like, yeah. oh, that's what I've always wanted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I had to adapt to that and, yeah. and all kinds of other things. So it, everything just kind of started digging away at me. Ah, okay, okay. It was really slow. But then after realizing that I couldn't get myself back to where I wanted me mm -hmm. to be, I, I was just, it was just, I had a couple of choices when I was at that point, it was either just give it up and never have what I want for my health or my right. body or anything, or do something about it. You know, so, I had so, to do something about it. So I, I was with a few friends that were doing a Facebook group where they were yeah. you know, doing healthy stuff. And I, um, I got in that group and started kind of giving some advice and, and having other people, you know, we were all, in the same boat together, kind of okay. basically like-minded people. Okay. Right. And we just kept encouraging each other to do things, you know, every day that would like move, do a little bit of movement. Maybe that yeah. was the biggest okay. deal was do some movement. Okay. Get out and do something. I had a girl that was in New York and I was here in Texas and she got crushed by a forklift. So yeah, I didn't have too much to complain about, you know, <laughs> she would get up and walk with me for 30 minutes a day. So yeah. And so I thought, well, if she can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And, yeah. but it was all, it was all mindset. A lot of it was. So yeah. it started getting more and more. Um, it made me feel better to help other people. And when uh, I realized okay. that's what was making me better for me, because everyone's different as to why they don't do what they're supposed to do to get their body and their health under control. Right. And for me, it was, I wasn't being myself. I wasn't being me anymore. I had lost myself in a job that <laughs> wasn't helping people. Yeah. I was helping people, but they were asleep. But no, I was helping. Where does that? <laughs> yes, and 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 I was. Um, I, I had. I was a mother now, and even though that was cool, yeah. it still I lost me in that. You know, okay. I, 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 you still have to be a person besides just a mother. Right or just a worker or just, you know, you still have to remember yourself. And so I, I, um, I started helping all these other people and, and I realized this is, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And so I said, you know what, let me just look into a few other things. So I started looking into a health coaching mm -hmm. course and a, it, it also had a life coaching course with it. And so I thought, and I started looking into it. I was like, this is what I already do for people. I mean, like on the side, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, they ask me advice and all this stuff. And I'm like, I already do this. I'm female. <laughs> As women, we do this a lot. Yeah, you guys do it. Yeah, you do, you do, you do it all. <laughs> so we talk a lot. Yeah. But, but yeah, so and that's what really got me into it was, uh, you know, realizing that I wanted to just get out there and help people. And I'd also seen a friend of mine, he went up and did kind of like one of those Tony Robbins things where yeah. he was talking to people and, and, yeah. and helping them. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Not that I want to talk in front of anybody because that scares me, but <laughs> hey, you're doing it right now. All right. That's real. Um, um, the thing you, you, you made the point that you took the life uh, coach, the class stuff like that. But what's so funny, you made the statement that you already knew that. And what mm -hmm. I've observed is, especially now doing the podcast series, that you know most people uh, where I find where the most people influence are people that have experience, uh, you know, teaching whatever the case might be. People aren't looking for the you know people that have credentials and having you know you taking this class, your doctor or whatever. And right. 
but people have the mindset that, you know, if this person has a, you know, doctorate or whatever, you can help. It's not the case. I mean, I found out recently, like people like Tony Robbins, the man has never taken a life uh, coach <laughs> lesson. Okay. Never. No. He's never taken any type of psychology course, you know, uh-uh. and, and the top speakers and podcasting TV or whatever, there's a, a lot of the people, most top people never finish college, you know, and, it, and <laughs> I, you know, it, 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 it's just like uh, people wake up, you know, people want to see people, you know, real life experience, not all this facade of I went to this school, have this degree and all that stuff. So I'm, I, it, that is very fascinating that you confirmed that, you know, you already had it in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I took the course brilliant. because I thought I might, I thought I needed to have yeah. a certification. So what was that experience like? Did you learn anything frowning new or it was more of like a business structure of how to? I did learn some new things. It was more of a, on the, I don't really want to use the word psychology side, but okay. I mean, it kind of, kind of took you down the psychology behind why ah, okay. I stuck. And that was where I needed the help, I think, was because okay. I knew how to explain a lot of things, but now I know how to dig deeper. Ah, okay what's really stopping people okay reaching the goals that they want whether it's just in their health or their life or anything but usually i start with health okay once you control that you can control anything i i think uh your statement there i mean my opinion you're 100 percent correct because um i see a lot of people that are going after you know trying to change their lives and they achieve this and that but they like myself i mean i kid you not i've made a Profound change in the past seven to eight weeks. Profound changes in terms of what, what, uh, what I was eight weeks ago and today. But I still, you know, I feel good for a little while. Then it's like, uh, you know. And <laughs> what you're stating is is uh, is absolutely correct. Is that um, I, you know, I've been telling a lot of people get into physical shape first. Forget about all, doing all this other crap. Get into physical shape first. The end result is your mind, as you stated, your mind gets sharper, you yes. get more and more, more, more and more focused, you know, and that's what I'm trying to get back, not trying. I will get back into it. In fact, start, I started yesterday and it's painful. Oh, good. <laughs> it's painful. That's good. So, but uh, wow, that's, um, we'll, 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 we'll have to do another podcast interview just on that topic right there because I think <laughs> that, that people need to really fundamentally understand that, how, how the health port, that the health it literally controls everything else. So, yes. So, so now that you're, um, uh, in, in terms of having your own, I guess you have your own uh, company where you do this yes. on a regular basis. So, yes, so I do. Who is your market? Uh, uh, market like women, men, or? Um, I thought about just women um, at mm-hmm. first, but I have so many men that have been interested in this. Then I'm just like, yeah. I'm, I'm usually my Facebook groups. I try to separate the men and the women because you are able to speak freer, I think, when you're not around the opposite sex. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Groups, they're very private. And like, you know, if you want to share like something that happened, you know, it's better to share with a group of guys than a group of girls <laughs> and guys together, you know? Right, yeah. If that's the same way with men as it is for women, but I know women don't always want to share when they know that there's a guy in the group. <laughs> Come on. We're harmless. <laughs> yes. And yeah. And a lot of times you can get some really good advice from the opposite. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I encourage that too. But as long as um, everybody is very um, understanding and, right. and, and careful how they word things and stuff. Yeah. And it's usually okay to have a mixed group. But I mean, that's just on that particular stuff when I, it's just makes mainly support groups for yeah. that. But 
um, my target is just, you know, you know, people who have lost their motivation and drive and that, um, you know, they want to lose weight and they want to keep it off and they want to get their health back. So I help them gain, gain their health back and gain their confidence back. I might have to sign up, but I'm the opposite. I'm going to gain weight. <laughs> I'm slowly getting, getting my right. I can help. Back. I can help you gain muscle back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you've gone through a lot of, uh, you know, in terms of uh, changes, struggles, stuff like that. And, and, and I'm sure there's still a lot of things like, like one of the questions that I asked, you know, um, how do you overcome your fear, your, your, your uh, self-doubt? Because that's one of the things that I'm still struggling with. You know, there's many things in my back of mind going, you know, what if, what if, what if? How do you overcome that? Overcome your fear and self-help, gosh. Um, it's something you have to work through. You have to feel that fear and realize what it is, yeah. that it is actually fear that's, that's stopping you. And once you figure out that, oh, yeah, this is fear that's going on. And when you figure, you ha then you say, okay, okay, so what are we afraid of? And you go, okay, I'm afraid that everyone's going to make fun of me. Like me being on a video that I don't want <laughs> <laughs> oh, to do. Oh, come videos. on, really? Oh, they're going to make fun of me. They're going to yeah, laugh yeah. at me. They're going to go, well, who is she? She is an imposter. She's a surgical assistant. I thought she was, now she wants to be a health coach or something like that. Because when yeah. I first brought this to social media, yeah. it was like, oh, I don't want to do this because it's scary. Because people are going to be all judgy, you know. And, you know, what's the worst thing? Yeah. Okay, so what are you going to do if it happens? deal with it right just walk on through it you just you just have to feel that fear and do it anyway <laughs> that um, is uh that has <clears throat> got to have been one of my major struggles and especially with this podcast i mean literally the first week it's in my mind i'm like you know what i'm like an idiot which i did you know the first few episodes it's just like oh my. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel like it i, 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 I listened I didn't feel like idiots well <laughs> there there were a few pre uh pre-episodes, which I, oh. uh, I'll tell my listeners, you know, for every minute that you, you heard me, it would take me two hours to get to the point where I could say <laughs> it properly. <laughs> but, um, but as you stated, uh, that's probably the biggest thing that pretty much everybody goes through this rationalization of the worst scenario, which 99.9999% of the time, it never happens. It's true. And that's the thing. It's not the, I don't think it's the real, the fear, fear is a factor, but it's just the rationalization of every worst case scenario is what keeps people just, just, just frozen, you know? And that's mm -hmm. not only, you know, me, but, uh, but that's my, based on my personal experience that sort of appears to be it's just that you're constantly going through you know what if what if what if so, yes. but you I just, have done that <laughs> yeah 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 and i'm still doing it too you know there's certain yep. points in my life's like okay but like you if, stated you know if it's something new i'll do it too yeah, Anything yeah. New, like podcasts <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're, we are going to get you started a new podcast series because yes. I think what you're doing is that information needs to definitely get out there. Definitely. Now, um, in, in terms of your next five-year plans, uh, where do you see yourself? Um, I see myself helping as many people as I can reach. And that's just the main goal right now. It's not yeah. a, a, a monetary goal. It's yeah. not a thing. I just... I have to get this message out there that you don't have to be stuck. Yeah. You don't have to be unhappy. You should, every morning you should wake up and have something to look forward to. Yeah. Have, wow. If it's something small. Wow. Because 
I mean, if you look forward to like, oh, I'm going to do this today, something, because after a certain age or a certain amount of years on this earth, yeah, life gets boring. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, well, what do I do? Oh, I'm going to get up and go to work today. And then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I got, uh, uh, so, so, oh, oh, it's the next day. I'm doing it all over again. Over again. Yep. So it's called something to look forward to every day. Yeah. That's, um, I used to, and people tend to call that midlife crisis or whatever. It's not, you know, I call it the general life crisis. I mean, as you stated, uh, uh, I've been asleep kind of like a dead. I mean, I'm thankful. I've enjoyed life, you know, uh, I've done a lot of things, but it seems like I've lived 48 years of my life has been just kind of like in a zombie state. Yeah. And then when you, now it's like, you know what, there's something else. And like you stated, and the key thing is my, my, uh, uh, purpose in life is I want to have significance in helping others. I and mean, for some reason, this podcast, it's, since I started, I've been getting a lot of input people, you know, Hey, you know, I wish I could do that. Or can you help me out? And it's, and it's a great feeling compared to going to your nine to five job, you know, and you leave and you say, what have you done? Contributing absolutely nothing. Nobody remembers what you did at work. Exactly. In the 10 years and nothing. That one person you impact like you, I'm sure you've impacted, you know, hundreds of people that uh, 10 years from now, they'd be like, Rebecca, if it weren't for you, <laughs> I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. Oh, that's good. Good. Now, um, one thing, uh, being a life coach, uh, uh, I have to ask you, what's the one life lesson that you would uh, want to give our listeners based on your experience? I would say, I guess some advice mainly would be, every day to do one thing better. Like when you wake up in the morning and say, today I'm gonna do one thing better than I did yesterday. And it can be from something super simple to something complicated that you've been putting off. But even if it's one thing simple, like I'm gonna drink more water today or instead of eating three unhealthy meals, I'm gonna eat two unhealthy meals and one healthy meal or something like that. Guess what? That's a success. Okay. I worked out yesterday, Sam. That's what Sam <laughs> says. I worked out yesterday. That's a success. Right. <laughs> you have to put it in your success box. And sometimes you need a list. Okay. And you need to write down today. I succeeded because I did this. I mean, is that, is that what you do on a regular basis? Yes. Well, okay. I have journals, I have uh, calendars. I have everything that I write everything down in. And, uh, okay. I, you know, not only do I journal about my day every day, I, I calendar, I put on my calendar, I put what I want to do tomorrow. Like tomorrow, I have three okay. things, three things that I want to do tomorrow to be successful. I should start doing that. Um, you're the, you're, there's another person that has, uh, my several people have been telling me that you need, with this new journey, start writing it down because it's, yes. it's, it's, it's not only putting it down on words has some powerful impact when you see what you want to do in writing. It's a completely different in terms of, you know, thinking, thinking, thinking. So yeah, I think I'm going to try to start doing that on a regular basis. It's Thanks. nice to reflect on. Yes. Like, I don't know if you saw my video the other day, but I had found a journal from 2014. That was only four pages long. Yeah. (laughs) It only lasted four days um, because uh, life got in the way and happened and I just stopped. But it was such a sad, sad place. Remember I told you a lot of changes happened in 2015? Well, reading this stuff just for four days 
was like crazy about, you know, 2014 is the like where I was mentally. Yeah. You know, it was like, yes, I'm going to start eating healthy today and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, every day there was hope. There was a little bit of hope every day, but it was with a whole lot of sadness in it. So there was something, and there's something like a little bit of hope in all of us. Yeah. Of, you know, getting out of some sort of negative that you're in at the moment. So there's always that little bit of hope or you wouldn't be trying every day. No, I mean, I mean, I'm a living example. I mean, two years ago, I mean, depression, I mean, people, most of my friends that looked at me would have had no clue, but there's a point in my life, you know, is life really worth living? Because it, um, it, it's almost, I, when I went to my depressed day, I would have preferred to have been like in the middle of a warfare, starving to death, feeling something, you know, rather than just feeling yes. dead. I mean, uh, uh for, for my for the listeners out there, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but when you get into that dead state, it is worse than being, you know, feeling pain. It, it, it's, it's just a worse, worse situation. And that's why a lot of people do a lot of things like extreme sports or things that, you know, why is this person doing that? Because they're trying to get out of that state of non-feeling. It's a horrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They want to feel something. That's why yeah. a lot of people, you know, they do the... Oh, yes. Yes. They want to feel something. Yeah. And, and, and it's it's sad, but I never understood that. But you know, like about two years ago, you know, it's like oh my God, and I would have never imagined me being in that position. But uh, being in that dead state is is no joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, uh, I know you're busy. Don't want to take too much of your time. But one thing that uh, the, the the primary reason that I that I had to have you on my show is that uh, for, for my listeners, you know, your physical health, your mental is 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 going to pretty much dictates your mental health. I mean, I'm a living example. Um, I've known for the past eight months that I'm, I'm feeling great in terms of what I'm doing, but I know that because of, I have not worked out, it's just draining me. So um, in, in closing, I, I just wanted to thank you for your, for, for your time. And I had asked you earlier in terms of what your, your favorite song, if it represented you, and uh, who's the artist by again? Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. And they're from, well, what uh, group are they from? Um, where are they from originally? I don't know where they're from. Oh. I just know the, the song and the, who, they, who they are. Uh, well, I listened, kind of to, band. I listened to earlier and it was an awesome song. So in closing, <laughs> I'm going to dedicate this to you. <laughs> Tripping in the world could be dangerous. Everybody circling his vultures. Negative, nepotist. Everybody waiting for the fall of man. Everybody praying for the end of times. Everybody hoping they could be the one. I was born to run. I was born for this. Rip, rip, push me like a racehorse. Push me like a ripcord. Break me down and build me up. I'm gonna be the slip, slip. I'm on your lip, lip, lip.